Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, you guys can be seated. Everybody doing good today? Good, 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 good. So I did want to tell you some cool news. Uh, as you guys know, Charity Bird uh, works here uh, as a second grade teacher. And Charity, um, uh, they, over Christmas, we actually gifted her and her husband. Uh, they do a lot of fostering and those kind of things. And we actually gifted them. Uh, thank you. Come on up, James. I may be sitting down today. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> My knee's killing me. Pray for me. I'm having surgery Tuesday. So... That's good. Wendy made me go. So you guys okay if I sit down today? <clears throat> All right. So, but um, she is, um, she is, uh, they, they are actually, we gave them a weekend to celebrate. Uh, and it's really cool because Tuesday, uh, the adoption was finalized of her two little sweet, sweet kiddos. Isn't that cool? Yes. That's so cool. So they're there this weekend. They are there this weekend celebrating that uh, that fact. So that's that's a really cool it's a really cool thing. So, all right. Listen, we're in John chapter six. Um, this is actually kind of comfortable. I may do this from now on. Uh, John chapter six, verses forty one through seventy one. So if you want to go and turn your Bible to John chapter six, forty one through seventy one, we will get we will get rolling and dive right into this. <clears throat> I want to talk to you a little bit today. Have you guys been seeing this? Uh, uh, he gets us ad campaign. It's about Jesus, and it says he gets us. He does. It's all these. Uh, it's all these various, um, you know, scenarios. Um, you know, and and in the end, it said he gets us, and so he gets us, every one of us. And so the background behind this ad campaign is is uh, a group of believers got together, and they wanted to help draw people to Christ. And anything like that, uh, I am for, one hundred percent for. Um, and so it, they, they, and they actually took out three different spots in the Super Bowl. It was $21 million uh, total for three different spots. And it was a, a scene, and then it said, he gets us, uh, all of us. And, it, and then it said, Jesus. And so, and I think it's a really cool thing. The problem is, the problem is, is that much of life, much like a lot of things in our society, um, the ad campaign is really good. It's very simple, but it, it actually only tells half the story. Uh, it, it, unfortunately, it only tells half the story. And so um, I want to I want to discuss that because um, the issue uh, has never been. I want you to understand this. The issue has never been that Jesus doesn't get us. That's never been the issue. The issue has always been that we don't get him. Are you with me? He's always gotten us. We, we don't get him. We don't get Jesus. And so the commercial tells one side of the story. I often like to say that God created us in his own image, and we've been trying to return the favor ever since. Uh, we want to make God. And so today we're actually going to look, look at a scenario in the text of the Scripture that is so relevant for what we are seeing today and what you're experiencing today uh, for uh, in our society. And so I want to go through real quickly 
and I want you to know that there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, it is a, it, it, you can literally take what we're experiencing today and put it right back in Jesus' day as you're going to see. And you're going to, uh, you're going to see that it's, 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 it's the same exact situation. So I want to remind you that John is separated into two parts. John 1 through 12 is the book of signs and that's all he did. All of these things he did and that's what we're looking at today. John 13 through 21 is his giving his life over for us and his dying, uh, buried and resurrection. And so we're going to be looking at, at those. The main goal, if we could put that up, the main goal of the book is this. It's that, but these things, in John 20, 31, he says, but these things are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. All right, John 6, 41 through 71. I want to remind you a little bit about what's going on. Here's what's going on. I want to remind you where we've been. We, we've started to look at these various signs and wonders that Jesus has done. John points these things out. And we saw him feed the 5,000. Remember, he had found out it was the worst, one of the worst days of his life. He had found out John the Baptist had been killed. His disciples came back excited from a very, uh, very long day of ministry. And the people had heard where Jesus was and they began to follow him. And so it all culminated in on this hillside. And they were hungry and Jesus ended up miraculously feeding the 5,000. Jesus then, that evening, he had wanted to go up on a hill to pray and, and commune with God. That evening he sends his disciples out. He goes up on the hillside and communes. The scripture says at about 3 a.m. he ends up walking on the water to his disciples who were in a boat that was having all kinds of issues. He walks on the water. They end up crossing over and they ended up, ended up on the other side. The calm, he calmed, the, I said the creator of, of everything was controlling the created. And he calmed everything down. They ended up on the other side. And then lo and behold, the people came around. And we looked at this last week. The people found out where he was. They got in boats and they came around. And when they came around, they ended up saying, hey, Jesus, why don't you do another miracle for me? Uh, show me the whole uh, turning, you know, uh, uh, the fish and the bread into a bunch of other food. And Jesus basically said, I want you to understand something. Uh, I'm Jesus King, not Burger King. Uh, and uh, you can't have it your way. And I want you to know something else. I am the bread of life. And that was the first statement. That was the first statement, uh, the first I am statement that we're going to see in the book of, in the book of John. And, uh, and so when we see that, we know that he is claiming to be God because of the I am statement. I am, of course, referring back to the Old Testament in the burning bush where he says, who should I say sends me? Moses did. And he said, Tell him that I am that I am ascending you. And so when you hear the word I am spoken by Jesus, he is 100% sure knowing that, that he is telling them that he is God. And that's what we have going on. And so then Jesus does something. He turns up the heat just a little bit in a hard teaching. And I want to go ahead and let's read starting in verse 41. <clears throat> it says this, Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because of what he had said. I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't, and here it is, this is where, you know, a prophet's never welcomed in his hometown. This was around the area where he was from. And so people said this, of course, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? 
But Jesus replied, Stop complaining about what I said, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. As it is written in the Scriptures, they will be the taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, only I who was sent from God have seen Him. So Jesus is saying this, He's saying, listen, I want you to understand something. Only those that the Father draws, only those that the Father draws will come to me. And how does the Father draw? Well, the Father draws by Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God. I don't know how He did to me. For two and a half years he was drawing me and pulling me in is what he was doing. Until finally he put something before me and I had to make the choice. Am I going to believe or am I not? There's a lot of people who God draws in. However, when God draws them in they deny and they push away because they don't want to change. They refuse to change or they refuse to believe. And so Jesus is saying, hey listen, those that come to me the Father sends, he draws to me. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, and, and this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Now at that, they were like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, your flesh? Wait a minute. So the bread is your flesh. Now I want to tell you a reminder, they, they were looking at in this, particular, in this particular area, Passover was coming. He was teaching this in the temple area and Passover was coming. And he was talking about the manna that came down from heaven. He was talking about Moses. And so what he's saying is he is actually foreshadowing. So let's take a look. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life with you. Now, if you hear that as a follower, what do you think of? You think of the Last Supper. You should think of the Last Supper. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna, but will live forever. And he said, he said these things while teaching uh, in the synagogue in Capernaum. And then, the, then there's a switch in the situation. Many of his disciples says, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what would you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. I want you to get something here. It was very difficult, and we're going to talk more about this. It was very difficult for them to understand because they were thinking about things on a purely physical level. Everything they were thinking was on a physical level because, as we're going to see soon, the Spirit was not within them. 
They did not have the spirit within them. And so everything they thought was on a physical level. It's just why they came to him and said, hey, listen, why don't you do one of those miracles again, the whole physical miracle again? Why don't you do that? And then he says this, he says, I want to go back to the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And, and the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the father gives them to me. At this point, here it is, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. And then Jesus said, I chose the twelve, but one, and it's a foreshadow, but one is the devil. He was speaking of Judas, the Simon, a Simon, of Iscar uh, Simon Iscariot, one of the twelve who would later betray him. What is Jesus trying to teach here? I think there's three things that he's trying to show here. And the first one is this, and this is the first point that I want to go over. And it's this, our destiny is secured. He says that early on in 47 through 50. 47 through 50, he says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Anyone. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. What is the bread of heaven? It is Jesus and accepting Jesus as your Savior. It's believing in Him. That's the spiritual food that's coming down. It's not physical manna. It is a spiritual food that's coming down. And because of that, our destiny is secured. I want to tell you a story. Before I gave my life over to Christ, I, uh, I had a strong fear of death. And if I'm being completely transparent with you, it wasn't until about 10 years ago when I've been able to kind of get over that fear of dying. Now, I want to clarify something for you. I do not have a fear of dying. I sometimes have a fear of getting dead. Are you with me? It's not dying. It's getting dead. That's what I would have a fear of. But John 6, 50 tells us, it tells us this. It says, anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. In John 8, 51, he says this, John 8, 51. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my, obeys my teaching will never die. Now listen, that's an amazing statement. That's an amazing statement when Jesus himself, if you have the Bible to be in red letters, when Jesus himself promises that anyone, anyone who believes my teaching and obeys my teaching will never die. And so the question is, is then what happens? Because I don't know about you, but I've been to a lot of funerals of godly people and believers. I have been to a lot of funerals and it's amazing because when I go up there, I'm like, well, he was a believer and he is no longer here with us. He has passed away. So what happens? Well, here's what I believe happens. I believe that literally on your deathbed, and I believe the scripture teaches this too. I believe that literally on your deathbed, when you, it, it, it's almost going to be like blinking your eyes in that you will go from from your earthly body passing away to immediately in the presence of 
God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. Let's take a look and see what it says. It says this. It says, so we're always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, and this is Paul talking, we are not at home with the Lord. So as long as we're living here, we're not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord, absent in the body and present with the Lord. I believe that our destiny is secured and my destiny is secured. And I believe that because of what the scripture teaches, I believe that I will never experience Death. It will literally be as I close my eyes, I will immediately wake up in the presence of the Lord. I love what D.L. Moody says. D.L. Moody said this, and you hear this a lot of times. You hear this a lot of times uh, at, at funerals. But here's what D.L. Moody said. He says, someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment... I shall be more alive than I am right now. I shall have gone up higher, that is all, out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal, a body that death can no longer touch, that sin can no longer taint, a, a, a body fashioned uh, like unto his glorious body." I was born in the flesh in 1837. I was born in the spirit in 1856. That which is born of the flesh may die, but that which is born of the spirit will live forever. And I want you to get that. Yesterday I celebrated my 33rd spiritual birthday. I was born in the flesh in 1971. I was born in the spirit in 1990. And because of that, the flesh will die but the spirit will live forever. We have, we have our destiny secured. And it's exactly what Jesus is teaching. For those who believe, our destiny is secured. And we will never experience death. But I want to tell you something else Jesus does here. Jesus goes spiritually deeper. Like I had said before, Passover was coming. And I want to remind you what Passover was. Passover was a reminder of what God had done for the Israelite people as he was bringing them out of Egypt. He instructed, he instructed them to take the blood of a lamb and put it over their doorpost. And as the angel of death would come through, as, as he would come through, remember, they were killing the firstborn, they, they were going to kill the, the firstborn. As a, as, a, as a punishment and as a consequence for their disobedience uh, in Egypt for, for the Egyptians. And if you put the blood of the lamb over, gather in the room, and the death would pass over, it would be covered under the blood, it would pass over that household. And like I said, Passover was coming. And they would celebrate this on a yearly basis. And they would bring these lamb to be slaughtered for the Passover. They would bring these lambs to be slaughtered for the Passover. And as Jesus is teaching, he's saying, look, not only am I the bread of life, but I'm also the Passover lamb. I'm the Passover lamb. 
Jesus is speaking symbolically here when he says those things. He's foreshadowing his death to come. He was foreshadowing the Last Supper when he would say, this is my body that will be broken for you. This is my blood that will be shed for you. In John 6, verses 50 through 58, we see that clearly, and I want to read that briefly again. It says, Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Then the people, and so he's saying, look, I am offering up my flesh to you. This old system of sacrifice of the lamb, this old system would no longer be in effect. I am doing away with those things for I am fulfilling what it is that God would have me do. And it says, then the people began to argue with each other on what he had meant. How can this man give us flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I will tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person from the last day. And so you can see him continuing on with this thing. But I don't want you to miss this point because Jesus is going spiritually deeper. Remember I had told you guys before that Moses, they, Moses was the end all. And all throughout, John is telling you Jesus is greater than Moses. And so he was comparing the spiritual manna, that, that the physical manna that Moses brought down, to Jesus' spiritual manna. He was comparing physical hunger to spiritual hunger. And the people simply could not see past to hear spiritually. That brings up the question, how do people hear spiritually? How do they hear spiritually? Well, in Jesus' time... They were true followers and believers of Jesus that heard spiritually. The genuine followers of Jesus heard spiritually. After Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came, once we believe, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit teaches us and guides us and directs us. It's why Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to bring you someone who's going to teach you and guide you and direct you. And so what we see is, is we see that right now Jesus is saying, those who follow me, those who, the true believers will get this. Later on, we know that we are guided and directed. We understand spiritually because of Holy Spirit. So I want to tell you something. If you run into people that simply cannot understand spiritual things, they simply don't get it. And you, you guys ever heard, seen those people? I had a situation this week where I was able to pray with someone. And please don't think I run around doing this all the time because I don't. All right, I don't want you guys to say, oh, my pastor's so awesome. He prays with people just in random. No, I really don't. But if I'm led to do it, I'll do it. And so I had a situation where I met this person that was obviously uh, not a believer. Uh, and and uh, I had this interaction and then I just felt compelled right there in a parking lot to pray for them. And there was a lot of hurt and pain in this person's life, I could tell. And I just did it. I just said, hey, can I pray for you? Uh, and it's, it's so awesome when you do that because people are always taken aback a little bit. And, they, and she said, yes, you can. And so I sit there and I prayed for her. And, it was, it, and I prayed for her salvation too. It, but it's interesting when you, when you do things that God tells you to do, when you say things that God tells you to say, a lot of people don't understand because they do not have the Spirit of God living within them. Are you with me? 
And just like back then, this teaching is hard. He proclaims even today that he's the son of man. He's the savior of the world. He's the Alpha and Omega. And today, just like back then, people are trying to create Jesus in their own image because they do not understand. They don't have the spirit of God in them. See, what the people wanted from Jesus back then is they wanted an earthly king who would provide them food, provide them protection, and give them shelter. And what people want to do today is, is they want a, a, a cuddle bunny Jesus. They want cotton candy religion. And they want a cuddle bunny Jesus. And they want him to, they want him to, to um, uh, he, he does get us, okay? But the majority of people don't get him. And the reason they don't get him is because they refuse to submit their lives over and put themselves. I found out something. Most people do not want to be under any kind of authority. Most people do not want that. They don't want authority. They don't want anybody over them because what they end up doing is, is they end up rebelling against that authority. Listen, can I tell you all something? Authority is good. It's a good thing. When we started this church, the first thing I did is I placed myself and Lynn under the spiritual authority of leaders within the church. I don't want to be the end all of end all. I know me way too well. I have the tendency sometimes to be an idiot. All right? I know none of you do, but I do. I have the tendency to sign. I don't need anybody. Everybody starts talking. But I just saw a bunch of y'all go, yeah, I know, right? No, listen, that's wrong. But I do have that. And so what we're seeing today is, here's what we're seeing today. And this is a fact. You will rarely see, these days, you will rarely see a large church with lots of people. You will rarely see, it exists, but you will rarely see large churches with lots of people that are preaching the full counsel of the gospel. I want you to hear that. You will rarely see that. What you will see is you will see huge churches that are formed because they refuse to teach and to direct on the hard things of Christ. They want you to understand that Jesus gets you. What they don't tell you is, is that you don't get Jesus. You don't understand him fully because there are certain areas of teaching and preaching that are off limits in those churches because they were afraid they will offend people and so what you see is you see vast numbers of people coming to those churches. 2 Timothy 4.3 says this. Isn't it amazing how the God always answers? I know this won't sound, this won't sound you know, anything familiar to you guys. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. So they will look for teachers that will tell them, oh, no, it's okay. You can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. Jesus loves you. And here's the thing, guys. I don't know. I don't know if I really want a love that doesn't hold me accountable. I don't know that I want to. There is no love without discipline. There's none. You know, think about this for a second. If, if I were to go to a store um, and my kid was, was here and, and he was running all over the store, all over the store, and I just let him do it, if I let him do it, if I let him crash into your cart and he was running all over the place, what would you say about that parent? 
What would, would you say, oh, that person loves that kid? You know what you would say? You'd say, well, first thing you'd probably say is, is they need to spank that butt. That's the first thing you'd probably say, okay, if, you, if you're like me. And the second thing you'd say is this. You'd say, gosh, man, they need, to, they need to watch over their kid. They need to watch their kid. Why do they need to watch their kid? Well, because they're supposed to love their kid. And see, who you love, you give direction and discipline to. And today, people don't want to hear that. And so here's what's going on. What people are doing is people are changing who Jesus is to create a Jesus in their own image and not in the image of God whom he was created in the image of. That's what's going on. And so what you're going to, I'm just going to tell you what you're going to start seeing. What you're going to start seeing is you're going to, some of these large churches are going to start decreasing. All right, that's what's going to happen. And there's going to be a, a, a group of people that are teaching what the Bible says, and they're teaching the whole counsel of the gospel, and it's going to be even more offensive to them now than then than it will be now. Are you with me? I asked someone the other day, I asked someone, and this is not the only topic, by the way, but I asked someone the other day, they, they went to a very large church, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. I said, um, when's the last time your pastor taught on adultery and homosexuality? And I said, they said, uh, I can't remember. I said, how long have you been going there? And they said, oh, about eight years. I said, oh, wow, eight years. Have they ever? No. No, they never have. Never. 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 Listen, I love cotton candy. I do. I love cotton candy. But there's no nutrients in cotton candy. And it's just fluff. It's just empty calories. Man, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, the other night I went out to eat with a buddy of mine. And, man, for the first time in a long time, I had a ribeye steak. I encourage everyone to do that at some point in their life. Unless you're, like, vegan or whatever and then get, like, a tofu steak or whatever y'all eat. But I'm going to tell you something. It was good. It was high quality. It was awesome. You know what else it was? It was filling. And it lasted. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I, I wasn't hungry again in an hour. So what's going to happen then? Well, the same thing's going to happen when we're going to see right now. Here's what's going to happen. People will leave because they're uncomfortable. That's what will happen. And then they're going to do just what they did here. You know what happened here with Jesus? People abandoned Jesus. John 6, verses 66. And I had to look twice because it was John 6, 6, 6. I was like, Wow. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Jesus taught the truth, and people left. People often say, you know what, Jesus is love, and he is love. He's also grace, and he's also compassion. You guys know what Jesus talked most about in the New Testament? He talked about hell more than anything else. His main concern his main concern was for you not to be separated from God. And he talked about hell more than anything else. Now, I know you don't want to hear that, but it's true. It's happened in John 6, and it's happening today. How are you supposed to respond? Well, I love what Peter says. Here's what Peter says. So all these people start to leave. Now, remember, I want to remind you, these are the same people that had seen some of his disciples. These are the same people that had seen, that had drank the wine at the wedding at Cana. 
All right? They had experienced the woman at the well. They had sat on a, they had sat and they had watched the healing of the man at, at, at Bethesda. And then they, they ended up going and having a full buffet on the hillside with him. They ended up knowing that he walked on the water. They chased after him. And when he didn't give them what they want, and when he didn't give them the physical food they desired, but he tried to give them spiritual food, they left him and they deserted him. And he looked around and people were not around him anymore. And then they look, he looked at the disciples and said, are you going to leave me too? And I love what Peter said, because it's exactly what I say. Jesus, we have no other hope. We have nowhere else to go. We've abandoned everything. We've left everything behind. We have nowhere else to go. Who are we going to go to? You're the ones that has the words for eternal life. We have nowhere else to go. He says, I've placed my trust and my belief and my love and my hope in you and you alone. And that's exactly what I want for my life. And that's what I want for your life too. Whenever it comes to a time, whenever you're reading something, I want to tell you a little secret. I don't like some of the things that I read in the scriptures. I don't. But God didn't ask me if I liked it or not. He just is the one that created me and designed me and called me for a purpose. And I am to submit to his word and to follow what his example was. And that's what I'm supposed to do. And I am to literally say, leave you. I have nowhere else to go. You're the only one that gives eternal life. You're it. I have nowhere else to go. So Christ, I want you to know I'm with you until the end of time. I'm with you. That's why last week when I asked that question, if you were in heaven, but there was no Jesus, would you want to be there? And my answer is no, I don't want to be there. Because there is no heaven without Christ. And he's all I know and he's all I have and he's all I need. He's shown that time and time again. And so I will never abandon him. Abandon him for what? There is nothing else in my life. And whether you realize it or not, there's nothing else in your life either. My prayer for you today is that if Christ looked at you and said, are you going to leave me too? You would say, and go where? You're the one that has eternal life. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you that you are our only hope. And God, no matter what, no matter what other people are doing, no matter what other people say, no matter if the society continues to turn away from you, no matter what, Lord, we will stick with you because we have nowhere else to go. There is no other way for us to have eternal life. There's no other way for us to have fullness of life. There's no other way for us to understand your love and compassion and grace and mercy 
Lord, we have hitched our wagons to you and we have nowhere else to go. Let us be people that will not abandon Christ because of his hard teachings. Let us be people that will not abandon Christ because his teaching can be offensive. Lord, we don't want cupcake Jesus. We want Jesus Christ, the one who came and died and rose again and who is coming back to take his people home. Lord, you are our only hope. And in you, we trust. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up for a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.